Excel Pro. KPMG did a survey back in 2022 where they look at the top 100 U.S. companies and they found that over 96% of them have some form of ESG-related reporting. There are data that enables such reporting. So the challenge around this data is the quality of the data as well as the level of granularity that might be needed for potential future regulatory reporting or storytelling expectations. Can I rely on a lot of the data that might be scattered across many sources or platforms from websites to other companies' ESG reports? And how do you synthesize it into something that's digestible and you feel confident about to use for your own reporting? Welcome to Excel Pro Audit, where we provide expert interviews and coaching to accelerate your professional development. I'm Jessica Stillman. Today, we're going to talk about getting started with ESG reporting. My guest is Anita Chan. Anita is an audit partner at KPMG. Today, we're talking about the alphabet soup of ESG regulations, challenges around data, and how companies can get started despite these hurdles. Excel Pro's expert interviews and coaching accelerate your professional development. Our mission is to improve your day-to-day job performance and make your career goals achievable. For a transcript of this episode and to learn more about the Excel Pro audit community, visit joinexcelpro.com. That's J-O-I-N-A-C-C-E-L-P-R-O.com. Excel Pro's expert interviews and coaching accelerate your professional development. Our mission is to improve our members' day-to-day performance and make your career goals achievable. And now for my conversation with Anita Chan. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here today. The global regulatory landscape around ESG is evolving very rapidly, and there are many different frameworks and standards out there, which can be confusing. How should companies decide which of these standards to align around? You're absolutely right. The alphabet soup scenario seems to still continue on in the ESG space. It went from a lot of voluntary framework to pick from, you name it, the GRI, the SASBs, to now there seems to be more what's commonly referred to as the big three. There's a potential SEC final rule coming. There is the ISSB, International Sustainability Standards Board, which recently finalized their S1 and S2 standards. Then you have the European commissions with the CSRD that has recently been finalized as well. So a lot to continue to watch. And I think what it boils down to is really what we call interoperability, right? It's a key word, especially if clients are in scope for one or more of those big three. How are they expected to reconcile those requirements and how could they really come up with a good reporting strategy that tells their story and at the same time comply with all the expected regulations? Some of it is still pending, but there are certainly, I would call them no regret moves that either way it's good for company to start thinking about. One of them is starting with a common denominator. One of the good thing I think we have seen across these big three standards is that they all anchored towards, at least on the climate side, the TCFD, Task Force for Climate Related Financial Disclosure, as well as Greenhouse Gas, GHG, as a basis for what they're expecting and requiring. 
So as a starting point, we know that is a common denominator that companies could start preparing for and looking into. The other thing that I think is important for companies to think about as they consider what reporting strategy they might need to employ is doing a very robust materiality assessment. I know that under the European regulation, some of you might have heard the requirement of double materiality, and that is slightly different from what especially US CPAs are traditionally familiar with, which is the investor materiality lens for financial statement auditing. But thinking through that lens of what investor materiality might yield in terms of important topics, comparing them against what known requirements are in terms of the metrics that are being laid out either under the CSRD's ESRS regulation or under the ISSB, or on the other side, thinking about from a stakeholder perspective, which is what that double materiality is thinking about beyond investor, what from the company side impact the externalities of our social environment, our environmental situation, all those are important to keep in mind and then start coalescing around a picture of ultimately what are the material topics that should be reported against. It needs to take some strategy, needs to take some planning. It will not be a quick exercise. And I don't think there's one right answer to pick to start, but rather to do a holistic view of thinking about what's important to the company that will also satisfy the compliance requirements. Just to clarify on that, given that I've heard the EU standards are the most stringent, are there potential benefits for companies to proactively align with those international standards, even if maybe they primarily operate in the U.S.? I think a lot of companies might think that the European regulations are more focused on European companies, but that's not the case. Entities that are headquartered in the U.S. would still potentially be subjected to the EU CSRD reporting requirement if they meet certain threshold in the EU. For example, 250 employees or having certain revenue or asset numbers in the European Union. So first of all, make sure you are aware whether you're officially in scope or not. And secondly, even if you're not in scope, I think it is important going back to the point of holistic view. It's important to recognize that there is the intrinsic value related to ES and G as well. So oftentimes we hope for clients that are on this ESG journey to really take that into consideration as they think about not only, yes, obviously compliance is an important element, but more broadly, how do you strategically integrate a lot of these thinking into your actual business, which would bring the intangible value as well as then helping you decide on what's the best story in terms of strategy for reporting. That's a lot to think about, but It's only actually part of the ESG journey, right? Because once you determined your reporting strategy, there's lots of other things to consider. And one of those is data. So can you talk to me a little bit about what are the biggest data challenges and how are companies dealing with them? Anytime we talk about ESG, that's something that comes up. And I think it's important to make a little bit of a distinction. KPMG recently did a survey back in 2022 where they look at the top 100 U.S. companies and they found that over 96% of them have some form of ESG-related reporting. There are data that enables such reporting. So the challenge around this data is the quality of the data as well as the level of granularity that might be needed for potential future regulatory reporting or storytelling expectations. 
Can I rely on a lot of the data that might be scattered across many sources or platforms from websites to other companies' ESG reports? And how do you synthesize it into something that's digestible and you feel confident about to use for your own reporting? Some of it is going to come down to building out some sort of processes and controls and policies to govern what good data looks like. It's not an easy lift. It's not a magic bullet out there that could say, oh, this is how you could easily collect all the data that you need, especially, for example, a hot topic in the greenhouse gas emission space, which is scope three. It involves collecting data from upstream and downstream, ranging from your customers to your suppliers and vendors. How are you going to do that, especially for a larger corporation? A lot of it comes down to that consistency, thinking about having a robust data management program to put in place. And I think CPAs especially is in a unique spot for that because we do have experience in that space, even though it might not be explicitly ESG data. We have that knowledge from financial statement reporting currently. There are certain levels of rigor of how do we garner and collect financial reporting type information that would be compliant with investors' expectation as well as regulators such as the SEC. There's a lot of lesson to learn there. What we have been starting to observe is companies starting to use those lessons and experience in data management of financial reporting and translate some of that to the extent it makes sense and it's relevant for ESG data. Now, certainly you can't put a square peg in a round hole, but there's a lot of synergies and analogies there that you could learn by leveraging that existing knowledge. Ultimately, too, don't forget about in this day and age technology, right? So technology solutions, platforms are emerging in the space. I would say that there certainly isn't a silver bullet yet that would get you to what we like to call, and I think many clients are looking for, is the single source of truth. How do I collect all the data in one system platform that I could generate a report that would enable me to do analysis and review like current days of a general ledger? I'm fortunate to say I don't think we're there fully yet. As technology evolves, many of our clients are evaluating the options that might be out there that is best suitable for what they're trying to achieve in terms of the reporting. So I would definitely say start sooner rather than later. It takes time to build the process. I would say also back to our earlier point about materiality, do some sort of prioritization, right? You cannot make sure all the data related to all your ESG metrics that you might be reporting on is at the highest level of integrity from a process and controls perspective for data quality. But perhaps there is a common denominator of greenhouse gas emission. Maybe start there. Start looking at your greenhouse gas data collection processes and then help refine it to get to a point where you have the confidence around the quality of the data. I really want to dig into that concept of controls and processes, which you've mentioned a couple times. How do you start building those controls and procedures right now when there is so much uncertainty? And who should be involved in that effort? I like to say start small and start now. If you think about greenhouse gas, it might be a priority topic you typically have control over so that you can get those data in a more efficient, effective way as compared to scope three, where you have to seek out from other third parties what those data potentially might be. 
So as a starting point, we've always suggested to clients, hey, start closer to home. And then leveraging the financial reporting system and what processes and controls you already have placed in terms of disclosure control and procedure. How do you think about reconciliation of completeness and accuracy of data to what audit trail might you have? One of the interesting things that many clients have come to realize and we have observed as advisors is Because of the fragmentation of where the data is coming from in the ESG space, many of those data owners, even within the company currently, don't have experience or exposure to controls or the financial reporting equivalent rigor, to say the least. They are a bit uncertain as to what are you looking for from me? Like, this is my Excel spreadsheet. Here are the data. What more do you want? (laughs) So I think it's certainly not something that could be done in silo and having that interconnectivity and internal knowledge sharing between the operational folks who has the data and internal audit or the financial reporting group. How do you sync up and have that common understanding of the expectations and then progress towards that vision together? So what we have been observing is some companies, especially larger organizations, are starting to put together a best practice cross-functional task force. And I think it's helpful to facilitate that dialogue. Having voices, experience, and expertise being represented across the organization, ranging from those in the operational side, from the supply chain side to legal or within finance or even from investor relations or human resources or technology and internal audit, they all bring valuable input into then how best do you collect the data, build a process that could be, again, effective and efficient to yield an outcome that's desired. And I think last but not least, I'll just have to make a plug for this because I feel like many people talk about ESG and they focus so much on the E and even the S, but they so often forget about the G governance, especially companies building out their controls and procedure, you cannot forget about the governance. Who is ultimately going to provide the oversight of the data? Who is going to own and hold people accountable for having quality reportable data related to ESG? I hear your point very strongly about having these cross-functional teams, but whenever you have such big teams, obviously there's coordination and communication challenges. Do you have any advice on on how the best teams are working well together? Any best practices you've seen in terms of that coordination and communication? So what we are starting to see is some companies, especially larger organizations, are putting in place this ESG controller, which is a new role that many have introduced to oversee the task forces that I have mentioned earlier. And by having that sort of reporting channel that helps synthesize a lot of the messaging, a lot of the coordination I also think a lot of companies are starting to put together this mentality and culture around everybody is really trying to do this for the greater good, but it isn't necessarily needed to have a fight around whose voices should be louder. Breaking down the silo, having the transparency and having the common goal, I think are really the helpful best practices that I have seen to date in terms of actual execution at clients. I know that it's not a requirement for companies yet to get their ESG data validated or get some sort of outside assurance on that. But I'm curious, where are we in terms of the number of companies engaging external auditors to validate ESG data? How is it trending in terms of the demand for this sort of thing? Yeah, we definitely see an uptick in it 
in this global survey that I mentioned earlier, KPMG found that about 40 plus percent of the top 100 U.S. companies by revenue already include or reference some form of assurance over their ESG report or information. Now, certainly the service provider of that percentage is fragmented. There are some data out there that analyze the service provider split between CPA and non-CPA. It's quite interesting to see in the U.S. market, at least currently, that non-CPAs are having a bigger market share of ESG attestation, which is contrasting to the international landscape where we have seen, especially in Europe, most of the ESG attestation services are provided by the financial statement auditor for the same company. When you ask about the trends and predictions for looking ahead, I do see a lot of opportunities and synergies in that space where financial statement auditors could certainly bring value as companies look to potentially required assurance requirement. So I think it's going to be a growing trend even before all the official regulations potentially kick in. And I think it's important as CPAs for us when we have the dialogue with the client to let them know that we do bring value in understanding their businesses already as their financial statement auditor. We have certain level of expertise in terms of how to execute an assurance engagement, how to coordinate and provide comfort or understand estimates, assumptions. All of these are still very much relevant components of ESG reporting. There's no better way, in my opinion, to get more comfort over the quality of your data than putting it through and having it go for external assurance requirement, right? So I think ultimately for companies, once they build out their processes and controls and get to a point where they have data collection uh, management program that they feel comfortable with, they really should seek out and work with a service provider, like especially CPAs, to consider getting those ESG data validated um, through limited assurance as a starting point, which is commonly what we're seeing now, and eventually work towards potentially reasonable assurance as well. I think that's actually a good segue. This is a growing field for CPAs, so I'm sure there's auditors listening who are wondering how you got into ESG and what's this career path like? So I want to pivot to talk about your career and how you got where you are today. Can you give us a little bit of your background on how you ended up in this particular role? It's certainly exciting because when I joined the profession 15 years ago, I would have never thought to say today that, oh, I would be an ESG auditor. So a lot of it, I would have to say, is attributable to great coaching along the way that helped me see what potential skill set or opportunities there are that help me get to where I am today. So, for example, casually talking to a mentor of mine who actually is the U.S. Audit ESG leader, and I was a newer manager and I said, hey, many companies are starting to come out with the CSR report. It goes to show how long ago that is. It was before the <laughs> ESG term actually was a term. And I said, do we do anything with the companies over them? Because it seems like there are numbers in there. We're auditors. We know how to look at numbers. So why aren't we involved? And she was like, yeah, actually, we're very much exploring it. And she brought me under her wing and gave me the opportunity to work on one of the firm's very first engagement related to greenhouse gas attestation, where the company was one of the leaders in the space and looking to get assurance over a decade ago at this point. 
because she was willing to give me the opportunity and both of us navigated together in a new territory, that gave me the credentials and skill set that when I went to the Securities Exchange Commission as a professional accounting fellow not too long ago, I was one of the few that had the experience in terms of practical ESG attestation, plus understanding accounting, having that financial statement auditor background. I was able to contribute and be a part of the rulemaking team, which was an invaluable experience. You were a professional accounting fellow within the office of the chief accountant at the SEC from, I think, 2020 to 2022. What insight did you bring back to your work at KPMG from that experience? It was such a phenomenal experience, to say the least. It really gave me a new appreciation in terms of public service and our commitment in this profession of protecting investors. Working there and interacting with those within the commission, I really got a sense of what the bigger picture looked like, meaning I have an appreciation of how the financial reporting ecosystem actually works all the different stakeholders, the role that they play, and in particular, how important the role of CPAs are within the capital market. I was in a unique spot and had the opportunity to participate in a rulemaking activity, and I would have never thought I would be able to potentially contribute to a historical accounting-related regulation in our country. That's quite impressive to experience that and see the process and the rigor that it goes through and all the people that provide their knowledge, expertise, and skill set and how it all comes together. It's such a complicated process and there's certainly challenges to it. And that really, I think, heightened my appreciation of the infrastructure that we have here in the U.S. capital markets, which is one of the top in the world. So if there's someone listening who's thinking, wow, the CSG space sounds really cool, what advice would you have for other auditors on the career development side, specifically if they are interested in moving towards the CSG space? I would say welcome to the club. (laughs) Definitely glad to hear that you're excited about ESG. But joking aside, don't be shy. It could be daunting in a sense that ESG is a fastly evolving space and it seems niche at times, but don't shy away from that. Really focus on one step at a time from upskilling and thinking about certain specific areas that might be of most interest to you. We talked a little bit about assurance earlier today. There's certainly the advisory side. There's also the data preparation side as well of ESG reporting. So ESG is such a vast topic, just like how as a CPA, you can be contributing in very different ways within the profession. Then start looking within the skill sets that you already have. There are a lot more similarities and synergies than one might think about when you talk about I'm just an auditor versus some ESG professional. There is definitely a need in the ESG space of those who can speak both the ESG side as well as the financial accounting and reporting side. Don't be shy and reach out and talk to others who are starting to be more involved in that space. I'm a strong believer in owning your own career and collecting one step at a time the right skill set that leads you to unexpected doors that might open in front of you. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. It was a fun time. (laughs) 
for a transcript of this conversation and to learn more about the Excel Pro Audit community, visit joinexcelpro.com. That's J-O-I-N-A-C-C-E-L-P-R-O.com. Excel Pro's interviews and products accelerate your professional development. Our mission is to improve our members' day-to-day job performance and make your career goals achievable. Thanks again to today's guest. If your colleagues in any sector of the audit field might be interested, please let them know about Excel Pro. As our community grows, it grows more useful for its members. Remember to send your comments and career questions to questions at joinexcelpro.com. You can also call us at 614-642-2235. That's 614-64-EXCEL. Excel Pro Audit is powered by Kaplan. The producers are J. Ray Sparks and Jeff Eisenman. The team is Matt Crossman, Shweta Kolkarni, Caitlin Cole, Jared Goff, Inesh Bose, Arnesh Bose, Neil Ungerleiter, and me, Jessica Stillman. Remember, we excel together. See you next time.